50 to go, Night Driver still bobbing, Hellenism, Lady River's coming late, Night Driver, Hellenism, Lady River out wider, Hellenism hit the lead close home, Hellenism, Hellenism beats either Night Driver or Lady River. Welcome to Bet Doctor, behind the curtain look at how pro punters operate, I'm your host Scoot, I've got DK, the punter's punter. Morning Scoot. Famous. Morning Nico. What about Nico <laughs> Noonan, how are you mate? Uh, Jamie Carr, you laid her all day yesterday at Sandown. And you got the chocolates. Well, yeah, she just uh, didn't have the day I suppose she wanted there. There was, there was a few people out there to watch it. I'll hopefully get the Was there really? So. Yeah, there actually was. There's a few little, a uh, few fangirls out there for Jamie <laughs> Carr. So she, she's having a huge impact on this sport. So um, it was good to see, but unfortunately, I uh, didn't get a result. I imagine Saturday will be the day she would like, like she's got a bit stronger book on Saturday. Mm. How many races will it take, you reckon? Uh, Saturday, off the top of my head. The McAvoy thing in race two, isn't there? Deep speed. Yeah, he'll, he'll go close to winning yeah. off his jump out. So I think it'll be early in the day, to be honest. Mm, well, something for racing.com to look forward to. And uh, <laughs> you had another little mini fill-up on uh, Saturday, Bruno's Stars. Yeah, Bruno, watch. that was, that was 550 good. 5.50 yeah. into 3.50, I think it was. Yeah, and the, uh, the way the track was playing there. Prushka. Prushka, love, love Prushka yeah. um, in the country and those sort of joints. But the way as it turned out, the Chuka can be a leaderish, but they took a meeting the week before. Um, to help out Wodonga, meant the track mm, chopped up chopped a bit. Up. So you could get, yeah, get to the outside fence, which that horse was sort of going to get back a bit and need to sort of come through or around them. And actually, Jay Bowdy tried it really well. And, uh, yeah, it was a good watch. He, um, he accelerated hard to round them up. So and that was a good round, a good price too, wasn't it? You know, it was, you know, sort of tipped a few sort of really hard in the market lately. It was nice to get a sort of a $5 into $4 or whatever it was, three fifty winner scoop. Mm. How do you think the uh, the tracks in Victoria are holding up? As a, in general, pretty they're pretty pretty well because now they're pretty smart at um, not racing on them, not gutting them, mm. rotating synthos. them out. Synthos, I know, yeah, and you get your head around the synthos like it's you know you, you got it's part of what we you know they have two or three meetings a week this time of year, so you got to you got to adapt to it and um, embrace it really, which I try to. I sort of fed the shits with the synth for a while, but um, if you're you're not betting on the synth, you're hardly having a bet or a heavy track. Mm. So um, no, but they're good now at, at moving them around, and the tracks the tracks holding up well. Yeah, what yeah, even you? even like this Saturday, the Sintho. I saw that at uh, Packham. That's the secondary meeting. So yeah. um, look, they're using them a lot this time of the year, and we've got the the usage of them, so we might as well. But um, yeah, I thought Achuca was sort of an easy enough day because the the pattern was established early, early, yeah. early in the car early. that you knew that's where you wanted to be. Every jockey wanted to be off the fence. Uh, there's one horse. Kate Bruno, maybe one of the maidens, or, or uh, yeah, 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 which was a uh, uh, Bronco or something Bron- like that. Yeah. That's his name. Uh, he'll be very hard to beat next up. He's a nice horse. Yeah. Stable. yeah, yeah, he was. Well, I just wasn't sure about him, but um, yeah, because I tipped the pain. I went looking for it because I tipped the pain. W Gordon winner there at the last meeting, yep. first starter, and he had a similar profile, and um, he tried, but I just wasn't sure of his trials. But um, yeah, gee, he was he was a nice horse. Mm. Something I'm enjoying is uh, their minimum bet laws. Introduced last week in uh, Queensland and Victoria, it's just so easy to have a bet, and it's just. I think uh, your brother tweeted out uh, WA just needs to pull their socks up, and New South Wales need to do it too. So, hopefully, it's not too uh, too far down the track that we can just see the minimum bet laws open up. But I think Racing uh, Racing Vic have done a really good job. Yeah, led the way, and and that tweak <clears throat> to when the prices go up mm. has been, I think, oh, really good. Difference. One from one for me personally, mm. and two for being able to tip a horse early. Yep. You know, if you're like, you've got to wait till nine o'clock so everyone can get on and then all the snipers tune in and, you know, the, your, your spoil's gone now, like it, day or two out. You can pull the trigger. Pull the trigger. You know, yeah, and, and it's fair. Everyone can get on. Everyone can have a, have their own whack at it. Mm. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, so. because before you'd half 
like sort of 9 a.m. on a on the morning of a race at half going to a fake price because everyone was trying to get on, say if it's a three dollar chance at half time we're going to two forty yeah. and then get back out because everyone's trying to get their bets on at a certain yeah. time. Yeah. And so it's it's only helped that. And there's those sure. there's those there's those blokes with models and everything who as soon as the scratchings go in mm. and spits out what they want, especially the map models, there's some map models at the seven fifty five, eight o'clock, they're just ruthless. And there's enough the tab and sports bet and there's enough place that we're going to bet you anyway yeah. to to those rules of when the price goes up that it made it worthwhile for them to do it. But now it's good it's across the board. Now, DK, my phone lit up like a Christmas tree last night. I wasn't yeah, so watching, the, watching the front <laughs> bar, but oh, our man DK, uh, there was, I think it was Simon Beasley, yeah, the, bees, the, the famous uh, bookmaker and bulldog, yeah, bulldog. You know, notorious goal kicker for the yeah. Western Bulldogs. He kicked his 100th goal one day and there was a bloke. 1985 that... qualifying what? final against the Kangaroos. And you were there. I was there. And you ran out onto the ground. Ran out on the ground, yeah, when he kicked it. He was my hero when I was a kid, Beezer, and uh, and then got to work for him like 20 years later at the race, 25 years later at the races. Um, but, yeah, so he yeah, ran on the ground and uh, he tells a story. He loves that story that that he, he, you know, that was me, the kid with the, you know, the well, it was on the TV. There he is. Yeah, we'll, just, uh, we'll just put up on the screen here and. <laughs> There's a kid uh, running across the ground. Red, white, and he's and blue got hair. He said, he said it's got red a red hair. And he's, and oh, he's he got the bulldog's tongue. cap and he's absolutely <laughs> going hammer and tong. I'll tell you what, if that was you, DK, you're in absolutely uh, fine, Nick. But I tell you, the, the give up's the hair. Your, you, your hair's not that red. It could be a bit of a G up. The photo <laughs> looks a bit of fake news. but you, no, that's, you, paint. that's paint. That's spray paint, spray paint down the, you know, that's all uh, hairspray, whatnot, colours, paint. It was a big game, big final. So that's you? The... It looks like, sort of looks like me. Anyway, I did run on the ground and I was there at the game and Beezer thinks it was me, so we'll go along with that because he loves telling that story anywhere he goes. At a few, you know, yeah, so. I think I interviewed him one night at uh, Betfair Function and he mentioned yeah. he mentioned the story. Oh, he yeah, knew you were in the crowd and he loves to rev, rev you up about it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, he loves that story. So it's one of his, uh, one yeah. his rep- repertoire. But anyway, it's a bit of fun and it's close enough to the truth. Outstanding stuff. Uh, DK is going to have a look at a race at Sale. Uh, Nico Nunes going to have a look at Caulfield. Jamie Carr's about to notch her 100th. I think he's going to have a look at the first and uh, one later in the card. And then uh, our man Walt is off to the British Open. He's on the uh, on the bag uh, for uh, one of his mates who's a golfer there. So uh, Mark Lambourne's going to jump on. He's going to preview the winter stakes. And he's also going to tell us about uh, the state of the tracks up in New South Wales. It's been an absolute quagmire, a lot of these tracks. I don't know what's going on there? I'm saying Mark's been tight on following but he's been really tweeting ruthless. ruthless. He's yeah. something's completely off there, so it'll be interesting to get get his thoughts on that. And a few people have been asking us, oh, you know, where's the boogie smash? But uh, if you see, I've been betting in a, a few of the New South Wales tracks at the moment, and they're just bottomless. They're nines and tens and all those provincial meetings out wide. It's it's, it's, hard it's to very it's hard, hard to, to charge into them as well. Charge into horses and yeah. they're the wrong sort of horses as well. So uh, the and guys can, have been is, keeping their powder dry. That's right, and it generally should be. You know, it should be a bit of a little bit of a downtime with that sort of stuff. Yeah, just for now, August and that we get going again with the nice horses back for the spring. But now I've got wet tracks, um, just a, an in between time with horses and their preparations. So um, yeah, things I'm, can be quite from I'm even finding that with my stuff, like just looking at the yard and all those kinds of things on Saturday and Wednesday, like there's just not a huge edge there in a lot of these horses, especially yeah. that are well exposed on the, <laughs> the Saturdays and that. So it generally is a bit of a, a down period this sort of time. But uh, Saturday, I think we've got group racing at Caulfield um, and then I think it'll really start to kick off after it's that. It's going to turn so quickly. It will turn quite fast, but... 
it is hard to sort of launch into those heavy tracks as well when you don't know, like, quite know what the market's going to do with those few of those horses, like the Boogie Smash. Mm. There could be a heavy tracker in the race that's smashed off the map and all those kinds of things. So there's a lot more variables once you factor yeah. in a real heavy track. Yeah, yeah, no, very true. Those are, those are what I said, five my way, July being Port Douglas for a month, you know, if, if you just <laughs> could have your own Hopefully own. this time next year yeah. we can go overseas. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think the bookie smash tipped up a, a bit of a one and the dogs at Gawler. So that was uh, 270 into $1.80 and got the chocolate. So some respite there and a little bit of action for us. But uh, we're going to uh, also sub out uh, Beat the Bagman. He's uh, he's lost his voice, so he'd uh, love to preview a couple of races at Gawler. But uh, he literally can't speak. Another mate of mine in uh, Melbourne has uh, got a similar sort of illness. So Rona. There's a bit of... Uh, a bit of Rona. Yeah, something going around. South Australia. Yeah, just uh, virile horse. So um, otherwise feeling well, but uh, just can't get the words out of his mouth. So we're, we're super subbing in Eagle. So we've got Perla yes. and Eagle in. Yeah, and uh, Bagman beat. and... Um, stiff Beat last week. Bagman and with that Street Tough or whatever it was, wasn't it? Yeah. That was a horror one, anyway. Anyway, but, um, that's what happens. That's uh, that's the great game. But let's have a look at uh, Sale on Friday, oh, DK. You're, yeah, you're going to open the batting. Right. Uh, fresh legs here. And let's have a look at the market courtesy of Top Sport. We've got uh, Raise Them Up has been 360 into 310. Tell me again, 550 Stonefield. Last start winner for you, 7 into 650. $8 Florida Dream, Silver Lake 8. Epic Ranger, 950. $10 Onslaught. And you can get... Much better than the rest. We're going to uh, you're going to take us through yeah. two replays here. So yeah. we're going to go to Sale. So we're going to stick last with six hundred of as, uh, Stonefield. As you said, we'll stick with a horse that we know has done us good favours. He was two starts ago. He's in the one-one there at um, in, the the in the in the Corston Scholars, and he was this is a good race for him. But he just has no luck. He ever look, ever look here, ever look, ever look. He nearly nearly arguably comes down the jock. He oh, and he did, and the the grey horse on the inside revels in the in the conditions and kicks away. But he actually picked himself up and got going again off nearly coming down on the turn. So that was the run that said to me, well, next start at back Cranbourne. You've got to back in. got to be, a, you know. If the even, race suits. Even luck. Yeah, yeah. With, even luck it suits. So I, I liked the, the way he picked himself up here and kept going. He could have he could have spat out. So um, so that was a good that, – and this was that, – that was at the track and distance of this race on Friday in the similar conditions. And here he um, was. Here he is. This was good. Out in clear running as the difference here. Lockie Kin makes sure he's in clear running here. Um, builds momentum. This was a slow tempo, so it wasn't ideal. He, he sort of was a bit of an on-pace race, yeah. but he, he was um, he rounded him up, um, and I just liked the weirdly way he, he sustained, and the second horse to its credit, which was well-backed with Jamie Carr, a first starter. Really liked the way they sustained through the line, and um, I don't know if we keep that rolling a bit, but they, you know, there are another three links in front of him after they go 100 yards. Um, so he comes back to sale where, that, where he had that unlucky run two starts ago, and my, my initial reaction... When he won at Cranbourne, and I think I might have said it to you, and I said it mm. to someone else about, I was staying for one. I said that also win again. Yep. He is flying, so I think he's in great form. Um, he goes into a, he could be looking for a mile, but this is mm. going to be a solid tempo, fourteen hundred on wet track, last race of the day. So it's going to play like you want to be strong at the trip anyway. Um, he's drawn for room, last race of the day on a wet track. There they'll they'll spread wide. Um, I think he'll he can camp off. There's a bit of speed there. Raise him up, trouble shot. Um, and whatnot, so they'll roll along. I think he um, look. He's, he's, he's second emergency, but the way Victorian trying to scratch, you'd be one oh one to get a run. I mean, mm. it's just scratching central estate down here. I mean, that that's another thing. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's about two hundred bucks to scratch. You talk about you talk about cost to owners. Mm, mm. You know, there'd be twenty scratchings a day on average in Victoria. Multiply that by three hundred and sixty three. It's about one and a half million dollars in scratching fees that trainers get the owners to pay. Victoria, how good's that? Anyway, another story for another day. <laughs> but anyway, he's, he'll get it. I'm pretty sure he'll get a run. Um, and what I did say about the last one, like he is one from 11 and someone said, oh, I'm a random at Cranbourne because he was none from 10. I'm 
but basically treating that horse as though he's one from three. Mm. He's just a different horse this time since he had that 62-day break. They've got him right. They switched his gear, switched him. Whatever they've done, they've got him right. So um, I think um, I'll stick with my gut instinct that he can win again, and that's this looks. A, I think this looks a, a suitable race for him to win again. He's kind of a big line chaser, hasn't he? Like yeah. sort of early days, you get up on the speed. I remember watching a few of his real early jump outs. He was just a get out and run sort of like get out and run. Eight hundred meter horse, really. He got yeah. beat at short odds at Kyneton one day when they just let him stride at the lead from the fourteen fifty start at Kyneton, yeah. and he just stopped. You know, he stopped late, and oh, you're watching you. But when they rode him quite a kill more, he savaged. And then he had no luck at sale. Savage the line and then get and, last up. And then get last up. So I, I think he's one from three with very strong SP profile from those three starts. Um, look, raise him up. I'll get up front with the kid on, the, the Tassie kid on it, and it'll 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 keep going right. It's fa- obvious favourite. It'll be, but I, I think you'll be able to run on there at the end of the day. Um, the tempo looked all right. He might have some company up the front. I think it suits for a horse like Stonefield. And I think um, my initial reaction was he could he could win a, a midweek off that maiden win or the form he's in, and he goes to a sixty-four at sale. So. I don't know, six or seven bucks or something scooty, I think he is, isn't he? Mm. Um, I thought he was, yeah, always worth sticking with. Yeah, and you got plenty of time to see uh, how the fence is playing, yeah. being uh, so yeah. late in the card yeah. there. But generally, uh, they'll spread, I think, late in the day there with a solid tempo race. You'll be able to come down the middle for sure. Yeah, Sandy stuff, just what we need, a little uh, late bet on Friday to kick the weekend mm. off in winning style. This weekend, if you're doing the form, make sure you check out puntingform.com.au, their sectional pro form package. I think it's about two ninety seven a month. Game changer for me and the boys in here. Their barrier and lane information is a recently added uh, function, and they've also got uh, stats on trainers and jockeys. So if uh, if you think Ollie's going bad, you can uh, back it up with the stats and the data, and you can find all the, uh, the trainers that have got the good strike rates. I know DK's passionate about that. I saw him uh, tweeting off about uh, one of his favourite trainees the other night oh. with such poor strike rate. But all the data's there, so <laughs> you can uh, have a well, look at it. I guess who that was, Nico. Bussin. Bussin. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got, he's got a stable full of $200,000 horses. That's the thing. If it was just a, you know, some some bloke with $20,000 horses, I wouldn't have seen him. Well, like, he's got a stable full of $200,000 Tavistocks. Like fair income. <laughs> anyway. I knew I'd get him if I could just throw a little bit of burly in the water. I've got him nice and early. All right, we're going to take a break. And uh, Johnny Kelton, uh, we're going to get him via phone. We're still going to do a couple of replays. He's uh, he's found a couple of last-start winners to tip us into Gawler, and we might ask him how uh, how he can figure out betting on the track, the Gawler track. He seems to uh, have figured out uh, Murray Bridge and the Morphville Park stuff, so let's pick his brain and get some insight there. But we'll take a quick break. Welcome back to Beck Doctor, behind the curtain look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got DK in studio and Nico Noonan, and we've got uh, Eagle. We've got Johnny Kelton online from Adelaide. How are you, Eagle? Yeah, good, thanks, boys. Uh, a bit cold, but uh, we're okay. I'll tell you what, uh, my car beat this morning. It said it was four degrees. I don't need the reminder. It's minus five in Canberra. It's, uh, it was, was 0.0. It was 0.5, those in the rain was coming to the city. 0.5, so I was a bit, a bit fresh this morning. No, good. But so, just as long as the rain and the wind stays away. I don't mind if it's brisk and cool, but just that rain and wind stay away. Yeah. The only upside yeah. uh, in it's winter great. is it's uh, perfect uh, red wine drinking stuff, and uh, you guys are absolutely famous for it. And I'll tell you what, I've been, uh, we've been talking about Murray Bridge lately and Morfittville, but uh, it's been a godsend uh, Murray Bridge for me on the punt lately, upping my turnover there. But uh, tell us a little bit about Gawler this Saturday. What are you, uh, What's some of the keys to betting at Gawler, Eagle? Yeah, uh, generally in, in, in the winter there'll be a reasonable amount of give in the track, even if there hasn't been much rain. Uh, often when the rail is normal, the track will be leaderish. Um, when they put the rail out a few metres in the winter, you can see them get well off the rail. 
Um, obviously, every day is different and it depends on the previous meetings there. But with rail normal, especially early in the day, I'd be happy to be backing inside gates and horses near the speed. Yeah, outstanding stuff. All right, let's uh, let's try and find a winner there on uh, on Saturday. We'll go to race five, the GJ Civil Handicap over eleven hundred meters, and I've got an odds courtesy of Top Sport on the screen. The favourite here is uh, Miss Muccini at uh, four eighty, been five fifty in. Lady Simone five in from seven. Uh, Bill Zeal has been six dollars. Naily six dollars. Uh, Tesnem six fifty short stories eight dollars. I think I've backed that before. Mutinous nine dollars. Spin the reward thirteen. So as uh, a bit of depth to this one, perhaps. But uh, the replay that you've got us to uh, play here is Miss Machini on its. Uh, I think it's debut win here. It, it puts them away by two and a half lengths. It's in the black and gold at Murray Bridge, and it's just on the fence there with the uh, the white. Uh, on the is it Sam Lyon, one of Sam Lyon's horses, is it? Yeah, is that it's, uh, it's pretty yeah, it's impressive. A, uh, Grand Syndicates. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's Just a, putting them away, nice accelerating there, isn't it, from the four to the two? Yeah. And uh, yeah. does it... Yeah, uh, the horse had, uh, horse had trolled up quite well a number of times before its debut run, and uh, its debut win was quite impressive. Uh, this prep, it's only had the one jump out, but it's... Uh, seem to have gone quite well again. So I think it uh, might be a horse with a reasonable amount of ability. Mm, and uh, first up, ready to roll here because uh, oh, it's giving away a lot of fitness to a handful of runners here that are right in the market. What are the dangers here, uh, Kelton? Um, well, Lady Simone probably maps very well inside gate. It's uh, gone well around this track before. I think it's got to have a good chance. There is a fair bit of depth, as the market would suggest, in the race, and there's probably a few horses on, on the way up. But um, Miss Machini, David Jolly's horses have generally got a, a very good record fresh. Strawn inside, it's uh, probably positions to be midfield or a touch closer than that. There should be good speed in the race with uh, with Mutinous probably going to run them along. So I could see uh, Miss Machini and Lady Simone both getting beautiful runs. And if Miss Machini is fit enough and has taken a bit of natural improvement from its uh, debut when I thought it might be... Uh, might be a very good bet around the 450 to 480 mark. I'd be, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be potting that Tesnam off its what it did in, in on the synthetic. And it's actually it's a, it's a 1.4 million dollar yearling, and it's not much good. D <laughs> Lane gave it every possible the other day, and it still didn't hit the line. Belciel would be the pick of the Victorians yep. here. It's it's going good. That Belciel, it's it's um, should have won at Maui. Yep. Tragedy beat it. Yeah, right? yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then it, it went good at the start before too, didn't it? At Bandstale or something. Bandstale, yeah, yeah. So yeah. probably be the pick of the yeah, Victorians I, I, there. I could certainly give Belsiel a chance. I agree with you. I, I thought Tess Neem had no hope. Um, Spin the Reward has, has shown ability, but it's first up off an awkward gate. Uh, probably probably some rough chance, but I'd be happy to look at 9 and 10 in that race. And we know you connected to the Clarkin Yards. Short stories? Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure whether both the Clark and runners are, are going to run. I think only one of them would run. Mm-hmm. Um, Short Stories has, has been an improving horse. Its last run was its best in its career. Uh, drawn a touch awkwardly and back in trip a little. I think Short Stories would want uh, want a bit of giving the track and a bit of a testing 1,100 to be uh, right in the finish here. And Nah Lee has shown some ability, but I thought a couple of the others may just have her covered. 
Outstanding stuff. Uh, let's uh, let's kick on to race six. And I tell you what, it's starting to really heat up in the trainers and the, the jockeys premiership over there. But uh, the odds courtesy of Top Sport on the screen for race six, the Terrace Function Centre handicap over 1,200 metres. We've got Great Diviner. Three dollars eighty, Mayan four forty, the big goodbye five fifty, K Siri six dollars, Munster last start winner, I think it knocked me off six fifty, Lakes Folly eight dollars, <laughs> Diesel and Dust thirteen dollars, another last start winner, um, and then you're getting uh, Cricket Score odds. The rest we're going to have a look at uh, the last start replay of Great Diviner Purple with the red cap on the fence here, and uh, nice little victory here too with the nose roll on. Yeah, that, it was a, a solid victory from the horse, considering that as the meeting went on, the, the rail uh, became more and more of a no-go zone. And this horse basically uh, went to the inside of all other runners and, and hit the front a long way out, which is generally against this horse's racing pattern. So I thought it showed a fair bit of guts here and, and held them off at Murray Bridge. And it's, uh, it's gradually it's improving into this preparation. And it's, um, it's drawn neatly here to take a spot just behind the leaders. Mm, and notably, uh, a few of the dangers here, drawn seven, nine, eleven. Who's the yeah? Uh, who's yeah? Again, who, we're going to have to wait and see how the track's playing, but uh, I'd expect the speed will, would be uh, pretty decent here. Great Diviner does map to get a good run. It's an honest horse, uh, handles a bit of giving the track, and uh, being a young horse, there's probably still a bit of improvement in him. Uh, the other horse that's uh, that's got as much ability as any of the others in the race is the Big Goodbye. Drawn a shade awkward, uh, but it's a, it's a very honest horse, and uh, it was a really solid win first up. Just a query whether that first up win has taken a little bit out of him because he was on a heavy track late in the day. But uh, he's a very honest horse, and if he got a decent run in the race, uh, he's definitely good enough to win it. DK? Mm. Yeah, no, just all right, that's, yeah, that's just, just on another subject there, uh, Eagle, while I got you. Um, uh, Tony yep. McAvoy, I just want to sort of pick your brain a little bit about handling that camp. They've now got... 80, 80 horses at Ballarat, <laughs> so we're seeing them um, seeing them a lot here. Um, you've had them obviously yeah. we had them over here, but you've had them more um, their their younger horses and things over there a lot. And it just you got any sort of basic basic starting points when you're handling that camp? Um, one thing about them, I, I would say, like looking at the way that they train them and jump them out there, I'd say they do a lot of work on the synthetic track at Ballarat. Their, their record on the Ballarat synthetic with younger horses seems quite good, Huge. and I'd say that. That track would suit them well because their horses are generally a shade one pace but quite fit. So I'd say that yeah, they're quite suited to that track. But uh, like overall, I was looking through a few trainer strike rates over there. Their, their overall strike rate in, in metro area in Victoria isn't, isn't anything flash. But the yeah. Ballarat they produced a sort of handful of reasonably smart youngsters early, and they've got that that track experience having having been trained a fair bit on it. So. I'm, I wouldn't be afraid at all of backing them on that Ballarat synthetic, but conversely, when they when they leave that and go to harder races, probably happy to bet against them. That's exactly well, that was that's exactly my thoughts. I got some stats. There's, there's six from sixteen on the Ballarat Poly this season. Um, yeah. But if you go to Bendigo, they're one from twenty-seven and Sandown one from thirty-three. So exactly what what um, yep. exactly justifies what Eagle is saying there. Mm. Nice little question yep. without notice, mm. and uh, Johnny's uh, handled that with a plum. Yes. Uh, I think Jess Eaton rode uh, <laughs> M- Munster, who uh, Munster to victory last week, so I think it's on the back up there. But uh, the SA yeah. Metro Jockey Premiership, uh, Todd Panel a dollar seventy, Jess Eaton two fifteen. I know Bagman said last week that someone's unloaded a big punter that he knows. I don't know. We don't have to give him up. He said it wasn't you, but uh, any thoughts here with Panel and Eaton? Um. 
Jeff Eaton's uh, obviously a stable rider for Michael Hickmott. One thing I would say about them, Michael Hickmott is leading the trainers' premiership and he, he seems very keen to win it. He's, as you can see in that race, he's running two in that race. Uh, so Jeff Eaton's probably got some good rides to come. I'd still think Todd Panel is, is the most likely chance to win it. But mm. Michael Hickmott's obviously throwing a, a fair bit of ammunition at the uh, last few weeks of the trainers' premiership. So Jeff is going to have some good rides coming in anyway. So it's going to go down the wire. Fascinating stuff. All right, yeah. Eagle, uh, I tell you what, you're very versatile. It doesn't matter if you're in the office, you're in the car, wherever you are, you've uh, absolutely nailed yep. it here. So uh, races five is uh, Miss Machini, and then race six is uh, Great Diviner. So hopefully uh, those two shorties hit the line. And knowing how uh, white hot you are, if you're uh, listening at home, you probably uh, better jump on quick because the prices will evaporate. Johnny Walter calls you God. But uh, thanks no for joining us, Eagle, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you very much, boys. Good luck. Have a great weekend. All right. Uh, this weekend, if you're betting, make sure you check out topsport.com.au. They're Australia's biggest betting bookie. They've been in the game for 35 years. They support our podcast. You see them on the streams. They handle all the big action for us, and uh, we're lucky to have them as a major sponsor. So make sure you try them this weekend. They are a great outfit, the Merlihan family yes. up there. And uh, we're going to have a little bit of a break, and uh, we'll come back with uh, Nico Noonan. We're back to Caulfield this week, and we're excited. Welcome back to Bet Doctor. Behind the curtain, look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got DK and Nico Noonan. It's time to talk about the Heath Caulfield. We're going to uh, dive head first into uh, race one there, the top sport handicap over 1,100 metres. Uh, we'll go through the top of the market. Here's a, how do I say this one? Zapateo. Zapateo. Yeah, Zapateo, last start winner, I think, at Geelong, two eighty at $3. Uh, Vivian, $5. Vianello, five fifty. Shame for Fame, $7. First Division, eight fifty. Cherry Pick, 11 And uh, Libiamo is uh, $12 there. Where is Tio? Tio. Yeah, he injured. Did he fall off or something? He's got a broken leg at the moment. Oh, is he broken leg? He's still uh, recovering from that. Mm. That'll stop him. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and the replay we're going to have a look at is uh, Zapatio in the Godolphin Blue at Geelong. Yeah, this is a big win on debut. This is the uh, half-sister to Osborne Bulls. Uh, she jumped out very well at Flemington leading into this, and I thought this was a great win. Uh, sitting wide the entire trip. I think staying at the 1,100 metres on Saturday is going to suit her because she was a bit empty at the end of this race, but she did a lot of work to get into it. And, and a bit keen in the early part too. Yes. I think that might be a reason to... She's in a race with a bit of tempo. Yeah, so I think that's probably going to be a positive for her. The four men behind her is a a little bit suspect. Like, Nazdana's since come out and didn't do a whole lot. The grey filly behind them didn't do a whole lot of chuka, but Zapatero had to sit back around the whole entire field. She did all the work um, getting into that race, and like I said, I think that that staying at the 1,100 metres, that's going to be a positive for her, given the fast early tempo there could be in this race. Ollie's just going to have to weave his way through from barrier number four. Watching him on the TV that day at Geelong, she looks a very professional filly, as you'd expect from the Godolphin camp. Um, really reminded me of the uh, the brother Osborne Bulls, actually, just the way mm. she's built. Um, Market was with her there on debut. Like I said, I thought she jumped out very well leading in. In this race, I don't think it's that strong. Like, yeah, Vivian stable... was a bit disappointing last start, wasn't it? Vivian prayed awful at Caulfield last start and was very disappointing. I don't, I don't know what's sort of the go there. She could maybe like end a prep. Uh, Vianello... I don't know. She was playing like she was five fifty out to nine and didn't do a whole lot. Yes, she was probably in a in a race with Jigsaw where it was you know a bit of a one horse affair. But in behind him, I didn't think there was much there. And she ran fourth. She looked a real two year old as well. When I saw her in the yard, she just doesn't look like she's improved since her early days. 
I think Zapateo is a real progressive filly who, as a three-year-old, can keep going on. And we're deep into this two-year-old season. So Ollie Sticks, uh, he went to Geelong to ride. I think this is a pretty good bet at sort of $3. I was surprised she wasn't shorter, to be honest, uh, just off what we saw there. Like her last 400 metres on the punting form data relative to maiden grade, she ran that four lengths above. Then the last two, only 0.6 above. So I think there's still improvement there that she was just a bit empty at the end of that race and staying at the 11. She should be very strong late here. Yeah. And I think the first two were the two to take out of that race. And everyone, I mean, I, I dodged Nostana the other day because I got in a bit short. But, um, and it, I think it was an end of prep, but needed need, need the paddock or something. It was just disappointing. It did run a dollar eighty or something. So, um, what I do see, I sort of see some similarities uh, between with that Barragunda that won yesterday and won on the same day at Geelong for D. Oliver from the wide draw like it did. So, yesterday it had the softer draw, gave Ollie more options to ride it just nice and just just give it a good run. And I think he'll do that with Zapateo in behind him, find the gaps and accelerate. Yep. Rather, you know, you're just restricted from what they can do from wide draws. I like that, you know, from gate 11, I was it going gate 14 to gate four, you know. So I think it'll give Ollie more options and get it to settle better in behind him and, and accelerate through. But um, it's jump out. Jeez, it was a lovely jump out before that debut. So all the trial groupies were all, were all tipping it there at Geelong. Yeah, and there's just not much in this race. Like, shame for fame. I think she's pretty well exposed. Like, she was good at Bendigo getting back and hit the line. But, but just she, she does – she she misses start and can race keenly. Yeah. So it sort of misses start and he got he got a backside and was able to pull out an excel. She's got a bit of talent but just needs too much to go right. Uh, first division trial well earlier this year and then uh, recent stall jump out. She ran last. So I don't know what to sort of make of that. Like I said, Vivian, I was just not impressed at all by the parade last start. Cherry Pick was just okay in her jump outs. I think Zapatillo is a really smart filly, and she's in a really weak race. I'd be, I'd be happy to bet up here at three dollars. To be honest, I think it's well overs. I think she should be closer to two twenty and should be winning. Mm. I, I watch Oliver. Well, we talk about Oliver in the office a lot. He's had four winners of his last fifty rides. Barragunda, he's won twice on Gabira for Waller, uh, and there's been heated. Yeah, it did heated. And Zapato was his other one at Geelong. So I, I think he's going awfully. He's going at eight percent, and his ROI is minus forty percent. Looking be, at puntingform.com.au would, would, would be with that strike rate. Hey, it's would terrible. be with that strike rate. Oh, the goat. I mean, interesting. It's could be dead set sit and steer. Mm, hopefully uh, he can turn it around, but it's going to go full faith in Ollie on Saturday. I'm tipping two of his. So oh, yeah? it's so he's going to turn it around. Well, it's the usually, Ollie party to spoil Jay Carr. You know. Yeah. All it ta- all it takes is us us to get on someone's back and they turn it around. And for some, he's he's the number one rider for the Godolphin stable down in Arrow. Obviously, he's done a contract or whatever. Uh, maybe twenty of those rides might have been fifteen to one Godolphin chances. He's riding a lot of slow horses of theirs in the bush. This was a one good one, and you know maybe there's something there for them for the spring. But he's obviously a long range plan to be their rider because he's belting around a lot of slow ones. Mm. But he seems to just be flopping out. He's well, not other, going forward yeah. often, yeah. which yeah. is a big big red flag for me. Mm. Anyway, let's have a look at uh, race seven, the Cat and Nax Jewelers Handicap. Great sponsor, uh, Caulfield, there over this 1700. This one, uh, Chief Al Tony. I think this is a, uh, a Fletcher tip. This one, 440. It's open up favourite. Think and fly. We've backed this before, 480. Thought of that, 550. Scottish Dancer. One Fine of your, for the roll of dice. <laughs> one of your horses, one of mine. D- yeah, DK. Got- 850. Uh, Vegas Knight, a horse that we've backed many times. I think I was on it last start. Also, $11. Strategic Phil, 13 Jittery Jack, 18 And much better the rest. Nico, we're going to have a look at uh, Thinking Flies last start. Yeah, a few horses here who uh, little birdie uh, punters will be familiar with. Uh, Chief Altoni and uh, a few others. Look, I think Thinking Fly 
was a good run here behind the Graves. Ollie threw in a protest uh, late. That was probably always going to be dismissed, but there was no doubt he was impacted by De Graves being all over the track. Um, you take De Graves out of this race, he's absolutely bolted in, and he's really going with this horse. The figures they run on this race were very good um, off a fast early tempo, which I think he's going to get here. That looks really good speed on paper. Third up, he's unbeaten. He's a real pattern horse, this horse. Tends to get better the deeper he gets into his prep. And like I said, third up, unbeaten. Ollie sticks. And I think this is just better form, that sort of De Graves form. Um, he could be a real sort of uh, spring contender once we get there. And it just looks like a perfect setup for him. Looks very similar to last start. He would sort of get back from seven. He'll be running on, charging to the line. That looks really good speed up front. His last race, they went nine and a half lengths above to the 600. And I think that brought out the best of him. I'd be expecting a fast tempo here again, which should do the same. Um, no doubt a horse like Chief Old Tony, who's right hard in the market, has ability um, his win, what, last week at Soundown was very good, so he's on a fairly quick backup, but he is racing in sort of benchmark 70 grade, and that's where all his form is. Uh, he, I think he'll definitely be the one to pick out of him and thought of that. Their last meeting at Flemington, Chief Tony started $2 and was very unlucky. Thought of that was a longer price. Um, who does get Jay Carr here, which is probably why he's so short in the market, and the mail is that he's going very well. But I'd be expecting Chief Tony to beat him, and I think Think and Fly is better than them both. So... Patton Horse, third up. Hopefully, Ollie's got Zapatero home early in the day and he's uh, got a bit of confidence. He's Ollie going for a double scooty. Well, <laughs> the best thing about this horse is drawn seven. Ollie just loves finding himself back onto the fence, into the coffin, and waiting for that cushy run. Yeah. No, they did. I, I noticed they, they ran, yeah, there was a high rating race the other day. My only concern would have been could he hold that sort of run? Off, off a peak, you know, of a peak run. But you're saying, you know, there was a lot better than me, Nico. You're saying he's a pattern horse, third up, he loves third up and all that sort of thing. So, And as long as the tempo was all right, the tempo, obviously, fast early tempo leads to high rating um, a lot of the time. So um, if he's got apples for apples there, then 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 he can. But, yeah, it's a, there was a bit of a, the usual suspects there in the open handicap, wasn't there? There's plenty of few horses racing well. Yeah, and I think the 1700 will suit him as well, just uh, stepping out the extra 100 metres and trip. You, you look back at that Flemington replay through the line, he's really charging away mm. from him late. Yeah, so especially if you got that, you got that little tighten up in 150 out, didn't he? Yeah, so I think this is a good setup for him. I think 480 is a good price, to be honest. I think one of him or Chief Altoni will be the winner. I'm happy back and think and fly the third up pattern horse. 480 looks a bit. Perfect. All right. Come on, Ollie. Turn, uh, on, Ollie. Turn, on. turn it around for go, us and uh, launch into a really big spring. If you want to launch into a big spring, punningform.com.au has got 200-meter benchmark split so you can see how fast the horses are going. They do it for Australia, Singapore, Hong Kong. You can get a lot, so they've got the class benchmarks and more. Make sure you check out punningform.com.au. And we're going to take a quick break here, and we're going to talk Randwick and the state of tracks up in New South Wales with uh, Mark Lamborn from Racing Week. Welcome back to Bet Doctor. Behind the curtain, look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got DK and Nico in studio, and it's time to talk to the godfather at Pearl's, Mark Lamborn from Racing Rant. How are you, Perla? Uh, I think I'm looking more like the grandfather of Pearl's here. Yes, yeah, very much so. Yeah, I tell you what, you've got the beard. It's uh, Castaway. It's Tom Hanks. You, how are you going in lockdown, all right? <laughs> going great. Uh, look, uh, we've had a relatively dry winter in Sydney this <laughs> winter, but a few spots around um you know they want to call the tracks very very wet which they're not but we will actually see a wet track on saturday because whilst uh it's probably a winter dead at the moment we'll get half an inch of rain on friday and that will um that will mess things up and uh, it won't be that it'll be a bit bleak on saturday as well with a uh a nice little south southwester 
up their bums. So we're looking at a, um, a rain-affected surface on Saturday with a six-metre rail, uh, tailwind, so you might have to be in the van on Saturday. Mm. So uh, so what you're saying is uh, we'll read out your tweet and you can sort of explain it in a bit more depth. You, uh, you tweeted out uh, yesterday, it's now abundantly clear that the new financial year has rung in changes at Racing New South Wales Stewards track rating scale. Following on from Saturday's Rose Hill Gardens inaugural dead eight, the inner circuit Royal Randwick can, can be unofficially classed as a good seven. So you're thinking the ratings are just balls up there. Look, they don't use one and two. Scoot, and they they barely use three. So what's happened is that they've degraded the whole thing. So they're now calling what used to be slow tracks heavy, and they've got nowhere to go because their bottom rating is ten. So pretty much when the when the track officials and then stewards post a track rating, it's generally going to be two to possibly three ratings better, times wise. Because what else do you have? Uh, to use to uh, grade a track other than times. It's the whole reason that we once had fast tracks and slow tracks, fast mm. times and slow times. So, uh, you know, they were the uh, they were the two inviolables and uh, obviously when you got very soggy, they called them heavy um, and the, the going in between fast and slow was termed good. So what we've got now is they posted a nine at Rose Hill last Saturday and they basically ran five times all day. So it was a dead track. And um, they wanted to tell you it was a heavy nine. Now, that's a long, long way away. They eventually upgraded to a heavy eight, but they were still well short of where the track actually fell. Mm, that's uh, that's mind-boggling. It's it's so confusing, and it's, I guess, it, to the core of racing. And something else that uh, we don't know much about, we've seen a lot of the, the highways, but uh, for the for Victorian and uh, interstate sort of uh, viewers, what's this midway stuff? It's for provincial trainers, but not not the good provincial trainers. I'm confused. <laughs> well, it's for met- metro trainers as well, but not the good metro trainers either. So there's basically <laughs> the top 15 trainers in the area, uh, be they provincial or they're generally metro, of course, have been barred from this series of races. There's one to be run every Saturday. It's called the midway. And what they're essentially describing are midway trainers. Um, but, of course, that bracket of trainers tends not to have Saturday-class horses. So what you'll find is uh, a few fringe Saturday horses match- matched up against some more midweek horses and a few provincial horses thrown in to, to make up the field because, obviously, it's a $100,000 race and uh, the trainers that are eligible um, get a get a chance to uh, to race for that money. Um, it's it's low grade stuff, and I think that it'll certainly fatigue lots of punters. Of course, the administrators come up with these ideas, and the metric uh, will be field size, and um, and they'll be patted on the back. But they don't have to do the form on these races, and nor do they have to get to race seven on Saturday and go. Oh, I don't want to deal with these horses. But mm. anyway. Um, I suppose, you know, the, the bottom line is you can take it or leave it. Uh, my thought on these races is that it would be very, very a great idea to actually have nine races on a Saturday with alternate highways and midways and you stick the other, the missing highway or midway on a midweek card. Mm. So get 10 days in between the midweek highway or midway and the Saturday highway or midway and you could sort of um, run a little series, um, certainly you know, it'd, I think the midweeks, you know, they're, they're languishing in their seven race and six race cards and, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be all Saturday focused. 
um, you've got to remember that uh, you've got some feeder product that you need to look after. Mm. Just sounds like uh, they're making it uh, harder than it should be up there. But uh, and then they put it in the quaddy as well, which yeah. I've seen some blow up on the Oh, just uh, creating different rules and uh, different races and metrics to, I guess, make up for their other shortcomings in the other programming. Sounds a little bit like NRL, but let's uh, let's park the conversation there or we could be here all day. But uh, there's a link there. There's a real common element. But uh, let's have a look at uh, the drink-wise winter stakes. Over 1,400 metres, uh, got a Victorian here, Rubasaki, who I think is racing a little bit fatigued, but will be definitely suited by a wet track and maybe uh, Barry 11's a good draw for her also. 550 into 420 at topsport.com.au. uh won a waltz tips, last start winner $5. Charlie's 950 we know a lot about that. No jockey there, so may come out. Uh, Count of Monte Cristo, $10. Order again, that's another uh, sick beat of ours at the Scone Cup, $10. Tricky gal, we've been on it. It's like the uh, it's like the little birdie handicap. This uh, ten dollars. It's a little shop of horrors, isn't it? Yeah, oh, I mean, <laughs> we do like a bet. Um, Ziegfeld, uh, ten dollars. Roydini, twelve dollars. True Detective, another one we've been on, twelve dollars. Uh, Legay Salil, twenty dollars. And Three U, another one we've been on, twenty one dollars. And uh, much, much, much better. The rest. And uh, who uh, who have you uh, settled on here, Perla? Well, okay, so let's talk about the uh, the config of this race. So Bandersnatch made all uh, to break through two weeks ago at Rose Hill. Uh, Rose Hill, very sympathetic to that style of running, and it was certainly his race. Uh, shove him up four here. He, he looks like a double figures chance to me, uh, despite winning the lead up, because you've got a number of horses injected into this race. You've mentioned Rubisaki. We've got Count of Monte Cristo, which had the uh, the flashing light on board there in the June stakes, kept fresh. He's got the fat, fresh record. And uh, who jumps on but uh, J-Mac? And plenty will have noticed Danny O's tweet yesterday saying that J-Mac is striking at 24%, which is hideously good. Um, you've got... My tip, which is Riodini. Riodini ran third in an Epsom, ended up in a Golden mm. Eagle. Fresh up here for Gay Bots uh, with blinkers back on. It, uh, it'll get in the van and, you know, it'll be fit. It's uh, it's from that yard. It'll be given its best and um, I can't believe it's double figures. So that's where I've started. Um, another horse that I would mention that's uh, out of the market there is Legay Soleil, who uh, has got form around Lena's hero, who won one of these, well, basically a lead up to this race a few weeks back, and she's been freshened up from a, a disappointing run in Brisbane. But once again, very good fresh horse. And second best rider on it is uh, T. Berry. Um, other horses to mention, Zigfield is uh, a horse that was touted uh, as an import, just had the one run in the autumn put away. Um, three trials, uh, very interesting runner. Mm. Um, and come back to Rubisaki, who, of course, was the purple patch Joe O'Neill flag bearer, um, Worth plenty as a brood mare, but uh, looks like a purple, one of those purple patch mares that um, might have uh, might have seen her best days. She um, look, it's been I think when I first got into racing in the mid seventies, it was well uh, well known that uh, mares you know could easily have what's called what's termed a purple patch and then never come mm. back again or come back as well. And she seems to be of that order. However, she does get the Nash man on board, and he's unbeaten on her. Uh, last time she was in Sydney, he was on her twice for two wins. But um, I'd have to be against her at the price. So summing up, four Riadini from three Counter Monte Cristo and 15 Legay Soleil. 
Mm. I'd be. Uh, I've, I've been following Rubisaki very closely all this prep, and she's not hitting the line. Running below. Massive. So she's got a flat. She's got a flat tire. Yeah. Mm. Nico. So what? When do they? What, so how long do they keep going with her for, Nico? When no, well, it's to, breeding season it, soon. So around the corner. So it must so be. Must well, be having a couple more. This is a listed race. I this think. is a listed race. So yeah. Listed race. She already has track. black type, obviously, but I imagine they're. Maybe trying to squeeze a bit more out of her. And Nash get Nash think, back on. Yeah, that's that's a key. Nash that getting back on. Michelle off. Who I don't know. I, there was a commentary last start that she slaughtered on Twitter. I didn't sort of think that. She just didn't get a whole lot of luck. So yeah, Nash has the key to her, and she gets on a wet track, which should suit her. But it's an interesting race. Like you got Rubasaki, who was you know gonna be the next best thing in racing, and she hasn't really mm. lived up to it. Then you got this horse like Charlize, who I remember backing at a midweek not too long ago, and all of a sudden has <laughs> made her way up to listed grade and unbeaten since leaving Victoria. So, um, yeah, weird, weird race. Mm, I think you back uh, – I think Pearl's on the money here. You can back a couple of middle pinners here. And I know uh, Order again has been racing in good fashion and uh, I know it's uh, a really well, definitely a wet track. from his last start. Yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely knocking the door down and uh, I'm, I'm definitely chasing my money there. Let's uh, let's have a quick look at Top Sport Big Bets and uh, we'll keep Pearl on the line here because there's one uh, in the opener at Randwick. Uh, the first big bet at Top Sport is race seven, number nine, Chief Altoni, 1,500 at 440. We've spoken about that race already. But then uh, Bjorn Baker's got one, a first starter. Randwick race one at number nine is Sir Crackle. And uh, I think this horse has won two or three trials uh, and now kicks off here. Do you know anything about this horse, Perla, or any insight into the Bjorn Baker yard? Well, it's popped up in the in the form of a few other first starters of late. And clearly this is a um, <laughs> one of Bjorn's project horses. Uh, that's he's got a very high opinion of it. His, it is his time of year, of course, um, and uh, featured yesterday. And I think he's got Spencer running around in the Grafton Cup today. But um, look, what uh, I stumbled upon a few years ago was that uh, the best way to get your horses ready for um, for their uh, first start was to actually trial them away, particularly if they're young horses. Um, trialing away. I've got a horse with. Well, we've got a horse with Gerald Ryan called in, Intolerant, Intolerant. Um, and I noticed that he sent his fees through yesterday. And to trial at home is free, <laughs> but to trial it away costs one hundred and thirty-five dollars. Uh, and of course, you've got to pay your float man and everything to get the horse to the, the venue. So it is an expensive exercise actually trialing horses away. So they don't. Uh, they do it with good reason because uh, it's a very, very experience-wise, it's very, very beneficial. Uh, the horse gets to go on a float, gets to go to an unfamiliar venue and, um, you know, obviously jump out of the gate somewhere where it doesn't know where it is. So Bjorn's had three trials away. Uh, the only better thing better he could do was actually start at a horse at home, but uh, there's no Saturday races around at Warwick Farm these days. So... Uh, He's come to Randwick, and uh, I'm sure it'll be um, it'll be humming, Sir Crackle. I haven't done the race yet, so I can't give you an insight into where it sits. Uh, but uh, it'll be a competitive race. But there's only midweekers uh, predominantly that I can see in that race. So, Sir Crackle, up and running. Watch out. Okay. Well, on the subject of trolling away and Rubisaki and whatnot, um, Paddy Payne, he, he's the biggest exponent of that. So he's got it. So he's got all these David Price horses, right? That mm. hopefully get sold to Hong Kong or Macau or whatnot. So he's got to get huge bases into them, right? Give them great bases. So how does he do that? Mate, they'll go to eight different joints for jump outs and trials and things like that before their first start. Mm. They just get these massive bases and the way he does that is on the float, off the float. Sometimes they don't. the jockey doesn't move on them. He's happy for them to finish 100 yards behind the second last horse, but it's the trip away yep. and, the, yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff to, to get the base into them. It's really interesting. Yeah, and, well, uh, stress, 
stress is the uh, the key to uh, getting horses ready. I mean, they need to get you know you know yourself when you're training. You know, the more you stress, the 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 the, the more the fitter you become, and um, stress is very important. So. As DK just mentioned, just getting on a float and off a float and traveling on a float, that's stressful. Mm. Um, so there's lots of way to get, ways to, to bring a horse to, uh, to fever pitch. I'll tell you what, I think I need a trip away as well. But the Lone uh, Ranger is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be on the Gold Coast as we speak, me. Mm. No, that happening down yeah, here. Yeah, it's four, four degrees down here. But mm. uh, a little side note on Sir Crackle there, it's, uh, it's space, it's rivals, whatever that means uh, in trials. Three length win on a heavy 10 and the heavy eight, if you believe those uh, track ratings, by five lengths there. So it should handle the going. And as uh, Mark's alluded to, it'll be rev right up. The other uh, top sport big bet is Doom and Race 8, number four, Roman Aureus, and that's 1000 at $4. So we might check in with the uh, the guys from MacBet um, uh, over the... Uh, overnight there and we might uh, fling it out an email if the boys like that but uh, big thanks from us uh, down in Melbourne and good luck with the rest of lockdown Perla and uh, good luck with these uh, 10 race cards and uh, the minefield that is uh, New South Wales Metro Racing Thanks Scoot Uh, talk to you soon. Good luck mate all right, that's uh, that's a wrap from us. It's been a uh, a monster show. You've got uh, you got a runner today. You've got Cranbourne. a runner today who's a similar similar style of horse to Stonefield that just need the keys to someone find the keys to unlock him. He's got a different trainer and a different jockey. So let's hope that switches that horse on. And uh, I was sale on Friday game and have another look at it. Packingham Synthetic Saturday and then saying past that. I don't know what Sunday is, um, but anyway, but we'll see, see if we're trying to keep trying to find some winners. Nico Noonan on course at Caulfield. Yeah, we'll be there doing our best at Caulfield. Um... Yeah, I think getting back on track's definitely helped me, but I just just need a result, punters. Just <laughs> lots of seconds and thirds at the moment. So hopefully Saturday, yeah, Middleton. it isn't frustrating. Uh, last week I came in the show and tipped two last. So I'm either tipping seconds <laughs> or last at the moment. So something's got to change there. Hopefully the seconds can uh, just improve one spot. But, yeah, if you want to get involved, head to the uh, Little Birdie shop there and uh, – Man, yard mile. It looks a pretty good day of racing and some uh, like two-year-old race. I'm pretty keen to have a look at them in the yard. Yeah, for sure. Outstanding. And it's DK out wide if you want more of uh, Dan's provincial analysis. Uh, that's a wrap from us. Good luck over the weekend and uh, we'll see you next week.